0: Hello, welcome to Circuit and Gear, a podcast where we discuss scenic automation and other interesting tech. I'm Gareth Connor, and I'm Cody Green. How's it going? It's going good. How are you? I'm pretty well. I mean, I can't see you this time, which is weird for the podcastings. But um,
1: that is true. This will be the first of mine of remote uh, podcasting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: And it is it is weird, but we're at a weird time. We're recording on March 20th, so we're like one week into the hardcore coronavirus era um for the US at this point.
1: Yeah, it's really it's really ramping up uh, around here, especially in New York City, where we are now like officially as of today going to go onto a uh shelter in place style. Well, not those words, essentially. Right. <laughs> I saw that your governor specifically was like not those words. It's
0: like but but those but things it's that I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> and Cal- California has just gone under that last night as of last night their shelter in place the whole state and uh Rhode Island Little Rhode Island luckily we're we're not quite there um and hopefully we'll avoid it we're much smaller and have much much fewer concerns than you guys. Uh in the big cities with lots of travelers and everything else. And just we're, we're not as densely populated, but uh, we've been um, just like the restaurants and stuff are all closed. And um, the governor has asked that all non-essential, if anyone who can do their work from home, please do your work from home. And so everybody's shipped out of the shop, except for a handful of us that are still here making stuff. Uh, not that I'm making stuff, but I'm I'm here to help. I'm here to help the people that are making stuff. <laughs> right. Uh, but yeah it's crazy
1: yeah it's pretty it's uh it's interesting and exciting times but uh yeah so i mean for yeah. me for my day-to-day is somewhat similar the <laughs> right you're like remote right. life has been my life <laughs> <laughs>
0: yes <laughs> for for a couple of years now right
1: yeah for a couple of years at least so my day-to-day looks pretty similar but uh there's more faces on the hangout Uh, during our meetings for remote people so right right
0: yep lots more of that well anyway i hope uh i mean by the time this comes out hopefully everything's uh we've all come through it on the other side well but i certainly hope everybody who's listening uh came through happy and healthy by the end of it it's uh, it's a weird time so what's our first topic
1: i think we were uh We're going to dig back into an oldie that I think we've touched on a couple times, but haven't gone into depth, which has been the Marriott Hydraulics. Oh, that old chestnut. That old chestnut, which you were much more involved both uh, Mm. on site and in the shop than I was. So I'm not super, uh, I'll be learning things just along with our audience, I think. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah 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 no, that goes back a ways but uh yeah there's some
1: good there's a there's a fair amount of stories in there <laughs> right right so for the hydraulics for that what what was it that we were doing for them
0: yeah so they had um 11 lifts so a combination of two foot by four foot lifts and four foot square lifts all with like kind of roughly 36 inches worth of travel in that neighborhood. Um, The theater itself is in the round, um, so they don't have a lot of opportunity to do a lot of um, large dimensional scenery. So they end up using the stage floor a lot to help set the scenes. And so Mm. they often kind of cover the floor with these hydraulic lifts, and then they can uh, program them to go to different heights and so on to really sculpt the the stage. Um previously they had they they've had lifts they and they got them back in the 80s um and they had an older control system on it but you couldn't um like it wasn't wasn't variable speed. Uh it was very hard to synchronize since it wasn't variable speed. Like they had needle valves on there that they would like manually set different speeds, but they wouldn't be able to che- like cue a speed. So right. So they wanted to upgrade and uh, one of the conditions of upgrade was that they wanted to have faster down speeds. um, And -hmm. they were all single acting lifts originally. um, And so obviously you can't really push those down. So (laughs) they were always dependent on how much weight was on there, uh, which they didn't like that. So they really wanted to have double acting lifts this time.
1: Right. So that sounds like new lifts, and new control
0: yeah new lifts new control so um we the on the control side we had um like kind of the the next iteration of the stagehand mini so we kind of ditched the stagehand mini since we often just use this with hydraulics anyway uh we made a dedicated stagehand hydraulic that has a stagehand control card in it plus a valve power supply plus all of the safety interlock Um, And we were like, hey, we use all these things all the time whenever we're doing hydraulic lifts. So let's just build a box. We call it the stagehand hydraulic. It has all those things built into it. So it's one 3U box with a control card, safety interlock, circuitry, and the valve power supply now. So that was the new control side.
1: Right, yeah. Which, I mean, sounds like it's a pretty sweet little package, much more svelte and like just all baked in, purpose-built.
0: Totally. Yeah. 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 It's, it's really nicer to have it be like the old one, old way was like more flexible in a, in some sense, but what that ended up being was just kind of more hassle too. Cause it, you just have to, you have to patch it all together. And this is a lot nicer to have it all purpose built. So, right. Yeah. And then we had to get some new lifts too, like you said. So we, uh, we went shopping around for lifts and, We looked at some advanced lifts, uh, which we'd used in the past, but we settled on Southworth um, because they were a little bit cheaper. They said they could hit the timeline. And then we also liked the fact that they used larger bore cylinders, which require less pressure for the same lifting capacity. Um, So it sounded like a good idea. Um, Yeah. And And it was,
1: right? Slam dunk.
0: Yeah, and so everything just worked out, which was great. So, End of story. no story there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, it was kind of a train wreck. Uh, the first real big problem was that they were, they were late on delivery, which is no big surprise, especially when working with hydraulic stuff. Um, but they were late, and then the day they were supposed to be arriving at our shop, we got an email, not even a phone call, an email saying, Oh, these are going to be. Even later, because we just noticed we built them all. We built them all single acting instead of double acting.
1: Like, <laughs>
0: <laughs> like you you just noticed. You just noticed. Oh, I mean, I'm, I guess I'm glad that you noticed instead of having you know um, show honest, up. At,
1: <laughs> yeah, like that <laughs> would have been worse. But oh man, that was not good. Right, um, but they probably had all the double acting cylinders on the shelf there.
0: Yeah, like we're just gonna bang these out and uh, plop the new ones in, and everything else should be good. <laughs> no, no, that is not that is not the case. Uh, no, they they took forever. Uh, it took like another I don't know six weeks to get them, uh, and they were and they all sorts of problems like trying to make the delivery. They eventually showed up, and they were like piecemealing them in like two one day, and then another one, and I mean, it was just it was like pulling teeth to get the lifts here and they were kind of rough when they came in, like just not everything
1: was painted and I don't know. It wasn't great. Right. I forgot about the staggering. Cause it was like yeah. a pallet, which I'll be like, the lifts are showing up today. And then we would get the pallet and be like, some of the lifts showed up today. <laughs> and like, everyone was just like rearing to start. Like it was everyone yeah. just waiting. And then it was like, they'd get there and be like, Oh, we can't all work on this. There's, there's only three. Like, Yeah. It was. Yeah. not
0: It was no good.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So they, but eventually we got them and, uh, and we got them hooked up and stuff and we got them plugged into the valve packs and, yeah. And that was
1: and then it was all smooth sailing from there too end of the story <laughs> yeah, and then we hit
0: our next little snag which was like this was on like the friday before we were supposed to ship the or friday before like we were supposed to ship on a tuesday or a wednesday or something like that the following week and the the valves we got to log into them the first time we're using continental for the valves we usually use atos but the atos couldn't get the ones we needed in time like second verse same as the first and so we went with Continental. Vows were fine, but we went to go to commission them, and they're all locked out on a password. And we call, and, like, hey, what's up with this? Can we get the password? They're like, oh, yeah, that we totally would love to give you the password, but the guy who has the password is on vacation this week. <laughs> <laughs> like, are the you? The one guy? <laughs> <laughs> the guy? <laughs> like, and uh, and while I'm on the phone, like, Attacking it from a business angle, Christian sitting next to me, We're like we have a folding table out in the middle of the shop. And Christian sitting next to me is like, hmm, I think I can just decompile their code. And so he <laughs> he decompiles their configuration software and pulls out all the passwords from it. And then we just like take a <laughs> screenshot and email that to them. And we're like, hey, don't worry about it. We got the passwords, and here are all the rest of them in case you need them.
1: <laughs> that guy's vacation runs long. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a. I I'm glad it got worked out. It's a pretty amazing Christian story. that's it's just like. It's oh, yeah. I can I can figure that out.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You feel like it's a movie, right? You're like, what is this Unix? I know this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. So that got us into the valves and then we were able to commission the valves and we like fired up the HPU and, you know, and then we started actually moving stuff like and getting all 11 lifts up on the, on the system and running, which was cool to see.
1: Right. So all 11 lifts running and then started going in through the commissioning of each lift or did you get all the way to load testing
0: or? I guess we were like. I think we were we had just started load testing, so we had like one of the mafia concrete blocks up on the up on one of the lifts and um and then we went went to run a queue and uh the generator died because the it was a fifty horsepower hpu uh four eighty volt which we don't have any um we only have two thirty in the shop and um so we had a generator on rental from a greco uh Jenny kicks off and we're like, Ah, oh, what the hell's wrong with this generator and Brian Belfer, who's our guy and resident expert on generators, was on vacation that week. Um, and so, like, I'm out there with, like, the little cheat sheet, like, poking at the generator. Can't figure out, you know, get it restarted, but it kicks off immediately. Um, so we just call it Greco and wait. Mm-hmm. And they show up pretty quickly, actually. And um, <clears throat> they're like, they do a little bit of maintenance. They're like, ah, actually, everything looks, looks okay. We try to fire it up again and generator dies instantly. And um, the HPU is drawing way too much current. And they're like, I think your motor's shot. I think you got a short somewhere, either in the windings or in the wiring or something. And we're like, well, let's take all of our wiring apart and look at it because right. probably something we screwed up. Right, it wouldn't be the first time we miswired a motor. No, or like did a crappy job on the connector or something. And, you know, it's like... I mean, we try to do nice work, but, you know, we certainly get in our own way sometimes. Um, right. But that did not seem to be the problem. That was not the problem. No. So then we, like, open up the pecker head on the 50 horsepower motor, and it's all smoked. And mm. the, <laughs> when they had terminated it at the factory, like, a couple of strands had poked out of the installation, and were now shorting out uh, on the pecker head. So Oof so that motor was toast. That was done. (laughs) No coming back from that. That was not coming back. (laughs) And so, and this is like, again, like, I think this was Saturday at this point. And we start calling around. We find somebody, or maybe it was, I don't know. It was, it was not convenient. I remember that. And we did end up finding somebody in Connecticut that had a 50 horsepower motor on the shelf. Uh, same frame size and stuff and you and mike i think picked it up actually for us
1: yeah we happened to be heading up to the shop for some other project i don't remember what now but we swung by in connecticut and grabbed it <laughs> grabbed uh, it yeah which was which was cool it was they had it readily available and they um we like got up real early and we like you know banging on their door as they were starting up for the day <laughs> do you have our yeah. motor <laughs>
0: yeah so we got and we borrowed an hpu from adrian next door um in the interim and like swapped all the plumbing over to a different hpu a smaller hpu but then we we only needed to test like one load test one at a time so yeah we did that and then you guys brought the new motor up and then we got the motor swapped out on the pump and then like miraculously got all of it like commissioned tested palletized on a truck and made our delivery out to Chicago. So that was good.
1: That was, that good. was good. Got yeah. him out there. And yeah. then it was just right off the dock straight down and you guys were <laughs> jamming, right? <laughs>
0: So the whole time, this thing that weighed on me was that we had to get the HPU like down a flight of stairs in the uh, theater. And the theater is located inside of a resort um, out in Chicago, Chicagoland. And uh, so it's like a, you kind of like load in through the kitchen of the resort and then down a set of stairs into the mechanicals room, which is where the HPU is going to go. And the I always thought that like getting that HPU down the stairs was going to be the biggest hassle it turned out to be fine like they had like a little beam and a trolley that didn't work out at all uh but we ended up just sliding the HPU down the stairs with like a with a big come along behind it uh to help to help it down the stairs and so like brushed off my hands was like Phew, well that wasn't so bad and we like get mm-hmm. to work we start plumbing the whole thing up and uh get a call from the scene shop and like hey the lifts just showed up I'm like, oh, cool, cool, cool. I'm gonna head over there and take a look at the lifts, just since, uh, you know, so we get to see them beforehand. Because we were like installing in the in the basement a couple days before they were gonna bring the lifts into the theater, because there was another show on stage at the time. And uh, I head to the shop, and one of the carpenters meets me out in the parking lot, and he's like, "Hey, just brace yourself for what you're about to see." I'm like, "What? Why would you <laughs> say that?" <laughs> right
1: like, like i'm about to see it anyway like oh man the least helpful thing to do <laughs> Wait, so and, uh, you been in there yet <laughs> it's a <blood> it's <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh that's a mess good luck brother um all of the uh cap and cylinder mounts had broken off uh in shipment so every cylinder was just like flapping in the breeze on these lifts. And uh, it was it was really disheartening because <laughs> it was like, this was now, we're, we're like one Friday later, right? So the, right. the Friday beforehand was like when we were having all these other problems with the prop valves and the uh, motor blowing up and all that stuff. And now... All these cylinders uh all have all broken off, and the the problem basically was that just like in our haste, we didn't catch in the shop, but the way that Southworth had built the mounts there were two problems: one, the mounts were shitty, like they were just really, really weak. it was just like some little crappy d o m tubing um with a piece of shaft uh through it mm-hmm. but when the lift was fully collapsed, um the cylinder was not fully retracted right. and so and it's
1: positioned right
0: yeah 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 and so if you kept driving down you would just i mean the the, the cylinder is gonna win against the mount and hmm. so when we had like collapsed all the lifts in the shop we just like driven them down on manual like until they bottomed out well they, until the frames had bottomed out but clearly we weren't deadheading yet on the cylinders so I'm sure some of them had broken during load testing because we we heard some like weird pops and stuff during load testing, but you'd only ever hear it once. And you are like, oh, I don't know, it just worked itself out, which is such a right. which is one of those nice little lies you tell yourself in the heat of battle. Right. And you're like, no, oh, whatever. it only made the noise once. You're like, yeah, because it just wrecked itself.
1: Like it's now right. broken. Um, right. And then once it's down, like it's in its collapsed position, you're like, oh, it's good to go. It's, yeah, it's hard it, to catch if you're not. Right, Looking and actually, for it.
0: yeah, and then the way that that geometry worked out, like, basically, the cylinder, the the rear clevis, like, would just kind of buck into a piece of the framing, and so as long as you're always in compression, you never notice it, because it's just, like, kind of pushing itself into the frame, but if you uh, pick them up, yeah, so if you, as soon as you, like, pick the lid up independently of the cylinder, then it will... Hmm, flop out like a little dead fish and uh and so as i'm standing there the guys in the shop are like hey somebody's got to call the client and let them know that like none of these lifts are going to be there for (laughs) loading it's like no 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 no, no. we're not doing that like it's friday we don't load in until monday we got a few hours between now and then and we're going to make this happen and uh so, like, I pl- I asked them for, like, a spot where I could sit down with my laptop and do some drafting. I did a little drawing of a new cylinder mount and found a laser shop in Chicago that could help me out of a jam, and they would laser up a bunch of, like, half-inch steel mounts.
1: Oh, nice.
0: Um, yeah, which was sweet. Eric Cup, Uh he and his company... um were super helpful uh, of getting the Bridgewater Scenic um, Bridgewater Scenic? Bridgewater Studios. I'm sorry. Bridgewater mm. Studios uh, in Chicago. And those guys were awesome. Like they, uh, they're like, yeah, yeah, we'll just stay a little late and bang these out for you. And um, <clears throat> which was really, really great. That's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so they lasered up all the mounts. I went, I drove to McMaster because he could, there's one in Chicago. Yep. <laughs> Picked up some uh, shaft for the the pins and then called back to the shop and had some had uh, breezy from the shop come out and then i pulled all the guys that we had working in the theater out of that job and uh so yeah anyway pull the guys in and like that next saturday we all came into the scene shop out in chicago and chalked up all the lifts ground out all the old mounts welded in all the new mounts painted them all and like ready to go for Monday morning loading into
1: the theater. So I mean that's a yeah, I mean but that's a, some pretty impressive tenacity. You're like, "No, no, no. We're this is happening. <laughs> I will not let this one beat me."
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, I'm nothing if not a little tenacious. I was like, <laughs> "I have not come this far to get this close and not get it across the finish line." So, right. Yeah, of course. The sad side note to that story is that um, we didn't, it didn't nail it on those mounts. Like they, they certainly held up, but there was a little bit of a gap between that and the back end of the cylinder. So, like mm. literally, the first time that we drove them up, we put like a smile in all of the three quarter inch pins on the back side of the cylinder mount, um, mm. which is just not. I mean, it, it was totally fine for getting through a few shows, but you're like, uh, it can't stay like that. Right. Like we should have right. padded out behind the back of the cylinder to, to make that
1: space rock solid. Perfectly yeah. right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Cause we had to move it. I mean, this, they had to go where they had to go because of the geometry of the lifts and all that. But like it, we just had to, yeah, needed a, to, a pad behind it because it really, I mean, if the fucking cylinders had been pro, I mean, what I think happened was that you know these were basically single acting acting bodies on the cylinders, and there weren't like proper nice real clevis bounce. So there was just these little dopey. I keep saying three quarter, but I think they were even only maybe a half inch. I don't mm. now. My memory's foggy, but a, like half inch um, ID DOM tube welded to the cap, and um, and so you couldn't anyway you ended up with like an unsupported section a longer than anyone wanted unsupported section of shaft that was too small hanging out in the middle of nowhere. And, mm-hmm. um, so wasn't awesome. So, so we basically, I mean, for all that effort, we at least got the thing in We they did like a several, several shows with them. Uh, but then they got to come back cause we got to, we're going to cut all that out again and, and, uh, or not cut the entire mounts out, but like cut the, uh, the bent, Pins out and then pad right. behind them and put new pins in, um, mm. and make it right, right. You know what I mean. Um, right. It was a funny series of conversations with Southworth at the end of it,
1: because
0: mm-hmm. uh, like we were, we'd said, I told them the problem. They're like, Oh yeah, yeah. Sorry, we should have told you. Don't drive those lifts all the way down. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, what? What? Oh. Uh, and like, oh, yeah, yeah, because yeah, it will it could definitely ruin those mounts. I'm like, no, it it definitely it does. does ruin the mounts. But like the idea that you flaked out on designing a proper mount and you're just going to now like stick a little addendum in your manual, of like, by the way, don't put them all the way down. Like, right, go fuck yourselves.
1: Like, right. Not include it. like some chalks or like some thing that prevents it from, like yeah, even if or, they came or, in production and said, hey, the collapse height is half an inch taller than we th- said it was.
0: Cause right, we have to have but,
1: these shocks because it can't fully go down.
0: But I mean, you gotta. But you gotta. I mean, I think the. Well, I think the right answer then is like to put a collar around the piston or something, right? Like because mm-hmm. the problem is that, like you just can't you you can't deadhead the cylinder without ruining the lift, and that I just think that's bullshit. Like you gotta. <laughs> right. You gotta either make the mount right, make the cylinder right, or put like a a stop collar on it. I mean, it's just. You can't make it so that the machine was going to ruin itself. Ruin itself, right. (laughs) So, I don't know. Anyway, um, I think our final communication was like, because they kept offering different solutions to how to fix it. (laughs) It was like, listen, I don't know why you guys think that we, I mean, with all of the trouble we had, right, getting these things delivered in the first place, then they came in, then you guys built them incorrectly and you caught it, but you still did a shitty job of, building them correctly and then you sent them to us and then they broke why on earth would i ever have you touch these things again like i can't see whoa I, then i would be the idiot right right and yeah i think the last communication we, was something to the effect of like you keep talking about this like it's a technical problem the conversation we should be having is how much money are you giving me back for these broken things like, <laughs> I'm good on the technology. Don't worry about it. We'll fix them. I'm just not paying you for these, you know. Right. So.
1: Yeah. I mean, we have some pretty or, I mean, we paid them for
0: Yeah, I mean, obviously we didn't like not pay them for the lifts, but we just didn't pay them. you know. We took out what we felt we put into the lifts. So. Right. Well. Yeah. Yeah. So that was good. You know, so generally speaking, that's how you want
1: everything to go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no that's a rough ride monstrous speed bumps yeah like <laughs> yeah. Yeah, bump yeah yeah doesn't yeah. seem to actually really accurately <laughs> describe <laughs> some of the yeah, the yeah. points
0: yeah and it was i mean in the end what was great was that we did at least you know i think hopefully from the customer's perspective we did give them a pretty. S- we smoothed over a lot of them that they didn't have to see those things, which was good. Um, not to say that it went perfectly from there on out. I mean, it was a big system. There was 11 of these lifts. There were 16 hoists. You know, there were some there were definitely hit some road bumps themselves, like as they're getting acclimated to the new system. But, uh, but, you know, we have awesome tech support and Mike and Zepp and Andrew did a great job of helping them through all that stuff. Um, and we're going to shortly do a little bit of maintenance on those lifts and and get them fixed all the way uh here actually just coming up like next week i think they're going to get dropped off at our dock and we'll we'll start uh working on them again shipping away at it again yeah <laughs> <laughs> just just doesn't die but you know what i mean it's uh it's one I, I, I remember saying to the production manager at the time i'm like look i obviously we at this point, we were just uh, swimming in red ink on the amount of money we were spending on these lifts. But like, life's kind of too short to leave something with our name on it that isn't quite right. So we're going to take them back, do the thing, and like, we already weren't going to make good money on this, so we might as well at least have the have the pride of
1: like we we did a nice job
0: in the end. So
1: right, yeah, yeah. I mean, ultimately, like, as long as I think by the end of it, as long as the customer, I hope the customer feels like we we did our best, you know, and right and I, it seems like that and
0: honestly like what was cool what was rewarding was to see those first few performances go up and be like ah the lifts work awesome right like the controls mm-hmm. all work and these look cool and like that was really nice so yeah 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 yeah. so yeah that was the the marriott hydraulics job and someday it'll be over <laughs> one of these days
1: <laughs> hopefully soon
0: <laughs> exactly exactly <laughs> yeah so
1: what's next? What's the next topic, Cody? Oh, uh, well, I think we had, I mean, do you want to, we spoke about the Marriott Hydraulics. I mean, I think there was, we talked about the Spotline Mini. Was there anything after through the load-in and the production of the Spotline Mini that changed since the Marriott rigging? There
0: it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that, that's a good thing to bring up. Yeah, so um, the Spotline Mini was certainly developed uh, as part of this Marriott project. Um, and this is the first time that we were doing, um, we had a different take on how we were going to do the braking logic because we had, you know, load side and motor side brakes. Um, and in our stagehand pros, we typically run a little PLC program inside the A800 drive to handle the brake sequencing Mm -hmm. Uh, and we had a different tack to take this time one of the goals was to try to stick a um, stick an honest to god rated safety plc inside the control box of the Spotline minis and have it handle all of the brake sequencing and so that it was we would always be watching the drum side encoder as well as the motor side encoder and if it sees any loss of encoder signal on either side or an overspeed condition or speed deviation between the two that it would handle the brake logic um
1: but yeah handle, throw both brakes basically right. um, as as well as the cross group sensor too yeah
0: yeah 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 and that has a cross group sensor on it yeah
1: you're, right. you're absolutely
0: right yeah and that feeds in through the safety plc and that's the first right. time that we've done uh done that also on a hoist
1: um, right which is pretty pretty cool exciting stuff uh like bolstering there's a lot of new features on a on a new hoist
0: there are yeah and i feel really good about them. I mean, I think it's really nice that we packed all that in because we we still had to hit a very specific target price on that hoist. Um, and we decided that we would basically be not as fancy mechanically. Like, it's not a zero fleet hoist. That's the biggest thing that's not as fancy about it. Um, but it will incorporate all these higher-end safety features um, instead, uh, which I think was a a good place to put the money. Right. Which was nice. Yeah. But the fleet angle, of course, came up... <laughs> <laughs> right yeah because where these were installed um, they really do have a pretty tight they don't have a lot of room between the hoists and their first set of diverter pulleys um, and so way back when um, we talked about like doing zero fleet but they didn't like the price tag of zero fleet um, and they're like yeah we don't really have zero fleet we don't really have fleet angle problems anyway um mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but but like in the first install, uh they we kept kicking cross groove detection and we go up and we'd look at it and they're like, Yeah, can we make it like you know less sensitive? And you're like, Well, it is actually it cross groove cross <laughs> <laughs> Like it. we don't really want to make it less sensitive because uh this is this is right. Like it is <laughs> it is about to screw itself up. Uh yeah, any chance we could move that pulley farther away, you know. Um, and so we, it, it took some re-rigging to like get them in the right spot. Um, but it was also like contributed to some of the noise cause the fleet angles were not great. So you get a lot of the crunchy, crunchy cable noise there. Right. And yeah, but, uh, yeah, anyway, so we eventually, it was a bunch of re re-rigging to make that work better for it. But yeah, uh, right. The, the funniest part, I guess, was just like the cross groove thing of like, Hey, make it less sensitive. You're like, uh, well, nope. It's kind of <laughs> it, doing the thing, right? Yeah, which seems
1: like it all worked out. Yeah, like,
0: oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It did. Yep, absolutely, definitely did in the end. Um, mm-hmm. the the hoists are very. We also tackled some noise issues there because the hoists are so close to the audience. It's a very intimate space.
1: Yeah, so we were seeing noise and. We had gone with a new gearbox company. Is that correct? Oh, right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: So we had the, we were using these, uh, OnVio. Uh, again, a lot of it based kind of around the timing. Um, OnVio and some of the price too, because OnVio, I believe, was a little cheaper than Neugart, who we usually use. Um, and so we had these OnVio gearboxes and they are noticeably, uh, louder. I mean, they're, several i don't know six db louder or something on uh, in that range
1: mm-hmm. um and heavier
0: right yeah significantly heavier yeah yeah, yeah. yep no absolutely yeah.
1: they are orange so, so we give that to them <laughs>
0: yeah so they get style points yeah mm-hmm. um but that was enough to make us bite the bullet on the on the kind of rev a version um and back away from the and on go over to Neugard again mm-hmm. uh with because it's a smaller lighter um slightly more expensive but also quieter gearbox so yeah right yeah, yeah. for the for those first ones we they ended up just making some baffle boxes which honestly
1: i think they were going to need anyway Anyways, right yeah, yeah. cuz it was yeah. slightly louder than our, some of our other machines but not Massively,
0: right? Not massively, like 1 or 2 dB louder than, um, depending on which, I mean, it was slightly louder than like a, um, the Spotline regular, which is direct drive, but then like compared to a push stick V2, um, which is a chain, it has a chain stage, it was similar in like basically splitting hairs. I mean, like sometimes it was a little bit louder, sometimes it was a little bit quieter, depending on... Uh, you know, just the reading that
1: we got off of the dB meter
0: mm-hmm. between the right. two. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And the, you guys were, when you were looking at fleet angle and stuff, I feel like we had briefly talked about if they had looked at using like any am steel instead, did that ever come to fruition? It never did. Uh, <clears throat> we
0: recommended it to them as a way to like <laughs> cut down on the chunkiness of the, the noise because the, the wire rope's not helping anything there. But um, no, they didn't, didn't bite on that, the scene shop that's doing the rigging there. Right. Um, So, I mean, there's always next time too. I mean, I think part of it was like, everyone was getting used to a new system, new stuff, whatever. Right. And so like, they'll be with any luck, you know, these machines are going to be there for another 20 years, same as their old ones. I mean, the, the thing that I'm, Really happy with out of that whole process was that we did replace all of these older hoists that had no, no redundant brakes, no cross groove detection, no overspeed protection, like really uh, primitive in terms of their safety specifications, mm-hmm. um,
1: with much safer equipment, which right feels really good. Yeah, so. kind of throughout the whole theater, both in the grid and on the yeah. hydraulic side too. Yeah, so it's that's yeah pretty awesome.
0: Totally. And then you've been talking too about on the push stick, uh, I'm sorry, uh, push stick, on the spotlight mini, like kicking around ideas of like, of having an add on like zero fleet sled. Right.
1: It. Yeah. Yeah. It keeps, it keeps kicking into my brain. You know, we have the, for like the regular spotlight, we have like the deck tensioner that we plop the spotlight on top of it and voila, you have a deck winch. Yeah. And I kind of wonder if we have, we come up with a similar type device that turns, you know, sled that the Spotline Mini sits on, um, that turns it to zero fleet. Uh, right. Which could be pretty cool, I think. Definitely. Uh, you know, because we've got the kind of thinking we could use some Cheeseboro, like half burgers to some brackets that have our linear guides, maybe something in line with uh, some of the parts we use on, like, the revolver. Uh, yeah. Those small guess bearings. Um, and then, you know, either like narwhal spike out the end of the drive shaft with uh, Acme rod or we could look at doing internal kind of like we did on the push six zero, Zero. Uh, yeah, it could be very cool. Um, as long as it's easy to do, I think the tricky bit is the phasing and gearing the sled to the drum.
0: Are you... When you said that, and you know, you and I have talked about this probably three times now, and it just hit me that I might have been misinterpreting it this whole time. But are you thinking that we would literally like bore into the main um, drum shaft and then just put in a narwhal spike onto that, like couple that on there somehow, and then have that direct drive onto like a stationary nut of the, of the attachment? Or were you going to chain stage it or something?
1: Either. Like either stick a spike out the end and stick a sprocket or something off the end, or we could go. My first thought was straight acme rod out to t- end, and then we got a big flange plate coming off the sled. So yeah. You're just like sliding the thing in. And then you don't have to worry about the belt stage or a chain stage or anything.
0: Ah, I'm totally down with that. Yeah. And yeah, then I no, no. I just had ah, I had not keyed into what you were Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was thinking I get stuck on like that eh, but then we have like some sort of chain and belt thing that goes up to another thing and just a lot of parts and Right. But yeah, like a narwhal spike right out the end would be cool.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so we could either go I I kind of I mean a
0: piece of How would of you the, like how would you stick that in there? Like like a square brooch or some like, well, yeah, that's an interesting conundrum of like how we would mm-hmm. actually
1: couple that onto the shaft, right? Hmm. Yeah, I mean, because I really, I don't think because that shaft you design the machine. It's like a one inch shaft through the drum.
0: It's bigger. Ah, uh, you say it like I designed the machine. Like I should know it. Um, sure. uh, <laughs> I think it's uh, <laughs> uh, it's it's either a one inch. Or, I thought it was an inch and a quarter, but uh, maybe mm. it's
1: one inch. I don't. Uh, yeah, I don't. It recall. Been a little while. Yeah, but I mean, could be cool. In, uh, if we wanted to keep the size down, we could go with something similar to like what Harry just did with the push stick zero. If we swapped the drive shaft out for like a, for a or hollow something, one, mm. yeah, I don't know. And I think it's the mm-hmm. diameter of that shaft is probably too small. As I was yeah, the yeah, of that question.
0: The other challenge then is you got to go to like keyless bushings on all the drums, like to attach, like because you can't mm. keep that.
1: Can't key it, yeah.
0: Can't key it yeah, and have true. enough. Um and then and then that drives the cost like up a lot. Right. Hair, a Harry lot. gets to play with large high budget
1: sorts that's of machines. True. Yeah. I'm i I'm slumming it down at the other end of that spectrum. So <sighs> right. But yeah. I think huh. like go narwhal spike and then your and then come up with a, a kind nice of totally connection that. detail. Yeah. Right.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. No, that's yeah, I totally just for my own blindness have been stuck on like like the drum shaft having a transmission on it of some kind right chain or Mm. belt or something up to a uh, up to up to the a nut on the frame the zero fleet frame Mm -hmm. and spinning it that way but if we could direct drive it off of there i mean a would be kind of Simpler, just less fiddly, fewer parts. And then right. it gets rid of some of the challenges of trying to like, how do you capture that nut and keep, you know, and make it do the translation. And, right um, oh, that's cool. Yeah. That sounds like a good idea. I can't wait to see it, Cody. That sounds great. <laughs> Throw it on the <laughs> on file. <laughs> no, that's cool. That's a good idea. It's a good idea. Yeah. So, I mean, I think overall, I'm, the, uh, you know, we've used the spotlight since then. We've used the Spotline Mini quite a bit. And actually, we're just doing a, like a rev 1.1 to get the, um, Steve took another crack at it and Jess, uh, making the, my giant Soviet electrical box on the end, trying to sveltify that a little bit and go into Stromag, uh, limit switches and mm. encoder, which is going to be super sweet. Super those are nice. Sweet. They're very yeah. nice. Yeah. So, um, and that's, to be honest, I think, I think you and I are in the same boat of like, it's one of my favorite things about product design that you get to kind of just each revision sand another rough, rough edge off, you know, like find a, another spot to improve.
1: Right. Yeah, definitely. I think it's kind of fun to have a, something in front of you that you have made or, you know, your team has made and you get to go like, oh yeah, but if we just kind of zhuzh around then like everybody, you know. The product looks cleaner it's easier to make yeah the end user like you know whatever the the goal is it's kind of that problem solving i think is really enjoyable
0: yeah 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 i just like the not throwing uh not that i hate project work although i kind of hate project work but the i love that part of product design where you're just iterating like you're not throwing you're not starting from scratch each time i mm-hmm. prefer that where you're kind of building on the last one right yeah so the last thing we should talk about, um, unless you had more about the spotlight mini, but I feel
1: I got, yeah. that's all I was going to say. about. If it. I, yeah. If I get to it to design it, I'm sure I'll have more to say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 We'll touch on that next week. Um, the <laughs> <laughs> last one is a, is some big news. Very big news. Yeah. We're, uh, what is that big we- news, Gareth? <laughs> the, <laughs> The big news is that we are opening a West coast office, uh, which is pretty fantastic. It's been a long, long time coming. Um, but it was a thing that we targeted about three years ago that we really wanted to get, um, uh, a rental office out on the West coast, uh, specifically in Los Angeles. Um, we, uh, think that we have a lot to offer out in that market and it's, uh, it's tough to, especially on the rental side, to win those mm-hmm. jobs because we the the shipping cost and the shipping time is so great from Rhode Island. So, right,
1: yeah, that's pretty exciting. It's super exciting because yeah. the West Coast it's it's a different it's a different beast out there, right? You know, there's a lot of TV and movies and events, concerts, all kind yeah. of all happening over there. Right. Totally.
0: Totally. And so many of the times we, you know, Pete is um, our head of business development and he lives out there and he'll take a meeting out there. Um, and people are like, oh, that's so great that you're out here. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I'm out here. I'm out here. And they're like, oh, great. So <laughs> can, I, can I come by and like pick up some hoist? He's like, oh, I mean, I'm I- out here. <laughs> right. Um, so, yeah, it's pretty exciting. So we're going to be in Los Angeles. Um, we have just signed the lease paperwork. Uh the and our fantastic new rental manager um has been hired. Her first day is uh Monday. Monday. Monday March 23rd. So it'll be months ago by the time you hear this recording. But so uh yeah,
1: she's that, she's starting up. That's exciting. And who is the new rental manager? Yeah, Cody, who is the new rental manager? <laughs> uh the new <laughs> rental manager is Bridget Katzenick uh who is yeah a, a fantastic person great human uh yes. we previously worked together at hudson scenic yeah uh and her and her husband isaac just happened to have moved out to la uh yeah like crazy was, good timing <laughs> fantastic timing i texted her and I was like <laughs> hey this is a weird question i don't know are you at all interested in like working at creative Connors, like running our West coast office and yeah. got like several texts, very in short succession right afterwards. Like what? Yeah. Wait, what? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> it was like, yeah. It was
0: so great. Like couldn't have been better timing. It was the, the funny thing that was ribbing you about there is that Cody knew that she was leaving. I mean, she was leaving a Hudson of her own accord. Cause like you said that she, she and her husband were moving out West. Um, and we'd been on a hunt for a rental manager for the West Coast office, and I think it was Mike who finally poked me about it. He's like, hey, I think uh, Bridget's available. It's like, hey, Cody, is Bridget maybe? He's like, oh, shit, yeah, that's not a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: I think, yeah, I had floated it Mike's way before we were definitely doing the okay. LA office, and then I gotcha. just, you know, can't. He yeah. was like, did you ever reach out? And I was like, I'm a, I'm a bad friend. I did not. uh, (laughs) (laughs) So Bridget, I'm sorry if you hear this, Uh, we got you there though.
0: Yeah, we totally got her there. So that, which is great. Uh, and we're, she seems super great. Everyone that I, I haven't had much chance to work with her yet, but the few conversations I have, she's obviously awesome. And she has an incredible, um, I mean, incredible recommendations, uh i mean i know you worked with her and uh, harry worked with her Um, she was a student of jack's uh at school of the arts way back when Mm -hmm. um and then she's been killing it at hudson for about five years so um she has tremendous experience and i couldn't be happier that she's uh, decided to to work with us and build the la office um so the so for folks who are listening who are like, oh, that's awesome. Are you guys gonna start building stuff out in LA? Uh no, not yet. That's not the idea. We're not all of our um production work is still gonna be built in Rhode Island. Um, but the idea is to send um initially roughly half of our rental inventory out to the West Coast, um, so that we can reduce uh shipping costs and shipping time out to certainly the Los Angeles area, but anywhere, you know uh, kind of from middle of the country westward. Um, you know, it's not uncommon for us to get a call from Seattle and say, Hey, can we pick up four more chain hoists? Uh, and we're like, sure. You'll have them in eight days and it'll cost, Mm -hmm. you know, (laughs) 2000 bucks to get them out there. Um, so for all those kinds of calls too, this should be much better. Um, so yeah, we're really excited for it. So it's going to be great and then we you know everyone can take turns like going out and helping out the west coast office especially in winter time i imagine we'll get a lot more volunteers <laughs> i
1: yeah i for one i will volunteer as tribute i will <laughs> take one for the that team. particular bullet yeah <laughs> go out west where it's warm and not snowing Please. yeah <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah so that's that's gonna be it's gonna be great and uh it's It'll be, I'm sure. Uh, I mean, the timing couldn't be weirder with all that's going on in uh, health-wise with the coronavirus at the moment. But um, in some ways, that's going to work out fine for us because it'll give us a chance to really get our all our ducks in a row and get the systems worked out uh, and all that good stuff um, with plenty of time before the the summer rush. So that should be good,
1: right? Yeah. Anything else?
0: I don't think so. That's pretty good. I think we're about an hour in, and yeah, I think we we got some some other things to talk about with the spotlight practical, but I think we should save that maybe for the next time. Definitely. Awesome. Well, thanks, man. I really appreciate you taking time on a Friday evening to uh, sit down and record yet another podcast. That's great. Uh, no problem. Enjoy doing it. And thanks to you, the listeners. If you've got any suggestions or things you'd like us to talk about, please send us an email to podcast at com, And we look forward to seeing you guys soon, as soon as uh, we can all go outside again. Take care.